Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to talk some potential breakout candidates for 2023. Jared, please get us started with one. Yeah, Bucks running back Rashad White, I think, has breakout potential this season. Let's get the bad out of the way first. Rashad please. White was not good as a runner last year. 3.7 yards per carry. Now, the Bucks O-line was not good. They were 25th in pro football focus run blocking grade, 28th in football outsiders adjusted line yards. But Rashad White also didn't fare well in some of the advanced blocking independent metrics we look at for running backs like PFF rushing grade, elusive rating, rush, rush yards over expected per attempt, 41st or worse in all three of those metrics. That's the bad news. The good news from his rookie season, he caught 50 passes. That was the 10th most by any rookie running back over the last 10 seasons. Rashad White, 13th among 43 qualifying running backs in PFF receiving grade, 23rd among those 43 in yards per run. And remember, too, Rashad White looked like an excellent pass-catching back coming into the NFL. 43 catches in his final college season. 456 receiving yards. He accounted for 22% of Arizona State's receiving yards that season. Just a massive market share for a running back. Also ranked second in PFF receiving grade, third in yards per route run among 45 qualifying running backs in that final college season. So it already looks like he is a high-end pass catching back, and we know how valuable that is in fantasy football. Also has a chance to just see a lot of rushing volume this season because the Bucs did not re-sign Leonard Fournette. All they did elsewhere in the backfield add chase Edmonds, patrick laird sign undrafted free agent rookie sean tucker they do re- they do return Keyshawn vaughn but i mean none of those guys are scary so white who they spent a third round pick on just last year like he could it's probably not going to be super pretty and super efficient in this bucks offense but he could be a guy who's you know approaching 20 touches per game and if he does that like he's gonna be someone we're having in our fantasy lineups every single week None of us started this offseason excited about Rashad White because he had that disappointing a rookie season, even though we all liked him a year ago. But he's in line for so much opportunity, you almost have to rank him where we have him. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you see that he's inside our top 20 in PPR, and it's almost impossible not to put him there. Now, a week from now, we could be talking about Dalvin Cook being on his team. Obviously, that would change things. But if the backfield stays the way it is now, lots of work coming Rashad White's way, and he's going to produce with that work, even if it's inefficient. Number two on our list is Greg Dulcich, tight end from Denver. And this has been a funny player to look at from the narrative street side of things. Sean Payton said basically nothing about Dulcich when he got asked about the tight end back in March. And many interpreted that as Payton not liking him. And then they go, oh, Sean Payton historically doesn't like tight ends very much. Peyton in June says Greg Dulcich will have a lengthy menu of routes. He also brought up the Joker position in his offense, which has not been so much a specific position, but has been a player that they use to create mismatches, try to make plays. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Sean Payton had Jimmy Graham for a few years. I think Greg Dulcich, his reality is probably somewhere between those tight ends don't exist and tight ends are Jimmy Graham under Sean Payton. Um Dulcich ran the fourth highest slot rate among tight ends last year. And the three guys ahead of him, two were Ravens. The other was Logan Thomas. That's good territory to be in. He was second among tight ends in average depth of target behind only Kyle Pitts. 17.6 yards per catch for his college career from Greg Dulcich. And Jared, even though there's been some hype lately on Dulcich, you know, minor hype from those Sean Payton words, he's still tight end 14 in underdog ADP. He's tight end 15 FFPC best ball tournament ADP. So people aren't excited about him yet. 
I think that underrates his upside, especially because people just aren't excited about anything in Denver. And I think it's an offense with enough talent that you should probably bet on somebody there to some degree. So if you don't like Cortland Sutton or any of the other extra wide receivers, take some shots on Greg Dulcich and see what happens in this kind of difficult to define position. Yeah, I think Sean Payton's just been honest about Dulcich all along. He was asked in early February what he, he didn't know what he thought about Greg Dulcich at that point. Now he's seen him on the field. He's probably worked with him a bit, watched more tape, and it sounds like he likes the guy. He's excited about him. I'm excited about him. He was a, a intriguing prospect coming out, did a lot of good things last year. I think Payton's a massive coaching upgrade for the Broncos. The question with Dulcich and with all Broncos is can Russell Wilson bounce back? If Wilson does bounce back, I think Dulcich returns a huge profit at his current price tag. And even if Wilson doesn't bounce back, like you said, Dawson just going late enough where it's really not going to kill you. And at tight end, you can deal with a guy not getting, you know, optimal targets better than you can at wide receiver. So that, that speaks to the, even if Russell Wilson doesn't bounce back, I think it's also a great time to look into Greg Dulcich's um, dynasty value. Uh, He's a nice trade target right now, I believe. And if you look at our dynasty trade value charts, which are free for anybody to look at. So you can check them out right now, not just on the YouTube video. You can see that Dulcich is tied for ninth among tight ends in value on here. So we like him. That's inside the top 10. I think it's a good time to see what you can get him for in your league before he does break out, if he does have the breakout that we say is possible. Number three on today's list is Sky Moore in Kansas City. Certainly not the only breakout candidate in Kansas City. And, you know, that's part of it is it's an offense that has lots of touches available and lots of upside and efficiency available. So somebody just needs opportunity to potentially put up big numbers here. Let's start on Sky Moore with the words from Andy Reid after minicamp. Quote, Sky was one of the higher targeted receivers. He had close to the most catches. I think he's taking a good jump. The quarterback trusts him. Now let's follow with Jared Smola's words on Sky Moore, the NFL draft prospect from last year. Moore stuffed the stat sheet, registering impressive raw numbers and market shares in all three college seasons. He tested as a 75th percentile athlete at the Combine, and the tape is impressive. Jared, this is a guy that they drafted in round two last year, just like they did with Rashi Rice this year. If you look at underdog ADPs, though, there's still a lot of space between Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. Tony's at wide receiver 38. Sky Moore at wide receiver 54, nearly four rounds behind Tony in draft price. Rashi Rice has been jockeying with Sky Moore for position on drafters, as well as on FFPCs, nearly even with Sky Moore and ADP on FFPC. I think people have been a little bit too quick to jump off Sky Moore. I think if he yep. were going at Kadarius Tony level, I would be concerned. But with Moore going where he is, I'm like, oh, let's take some shots here and see what happens. Yeah, when you kind of look back at Skymore, and this is something I did when we, we were, you know, working on our player profiles, which are now up on the site. You kind of look back and you know get, get the get the three thousand foot view of these players again. And you know, with Skymore, it's not surprising he didn't do much as a rookie. This guy did not play wide receiver in high school. He was a quarterback and a cornerback. Played just thirty games at wide receiver in college, and that was you know in lower level competition. Um, and then he he also missed a lot of time last offseason with a hamstring injury, which kind of set back his progress. And he's playing on this Chiefs team that like doesn't can't afford to throw out this rookie wide receiver that doesn't know what he's doing, right? It's a team that's competing for Super Bowls year in, year out. So I'm not weighing Sky Moore's disappointing rookie season too heavily against them. Like you said, he was still an exciting prospect coming into the league and he's still in a great spot for that 2023 breakout. 
Mm -hmm. And one thing we did learn from last year is post Tyreek Hill, this is an offense that will spread things around. So making modest bets, modest investments at wide receivers, the way to play this, even if you just end up getting good weekly scores here and there, but nothing consistent, you know, that's something that can help you in the range where he's going. So number four and the final guy on today's list, Jared, who you got? Yeah, Rams running back Cam Akers, who's probably been on quite a few breakout lists since uh, coming into the league a few years ago. I'm not sure we've ever had him as a breakout pick, but um, it's been it's been a really rocky start to Cam Akers' NFL career, you know, underscored by that torn Achilles he suffered in July of 2021. But there have been flashes of strong fantasy production. Slow start as a rookie for Cam Akers, but over his final six games as a rookie, including playoffs, Averaged 22 carries and 94 rushing yards per game. His PPR scoring average in that six-game six stretch would have ranked 13th among running backs for that season. Again, torn Achilles in 2021 doesn't do much that year, but last year, over the final six games of that season, 17.3 carries per game, 85 rushing yards per game, one rushing touchdown per game, fourth among running backs in PPR points over that span. Averaged 4.9 yards per carry over those six games, was third among 35 qualifiers in Pro Football Focus's rushing grade, ninth among those 35 in elusive rating. So, yeah, small sample, just six games. But it, to me, it looks like he's back to pre-Achilles injury form. And Akers was a pretty exciting prospect coming into the league. He was the 52nd overall pick of the 2020 NFL draft after three strong productive seasons at Florida State. And now you look at this Rams backfield, the team recently signed Sony Michelle, but he only joins rookie Zach Evans and Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers in this backfield. So the, the Rams, to me, seem willing to give Cam Akers a hefty workload. You know, again, this guy they did spend a second round pick on just a few years ago. So again, volume, volume, volume at running back. And even with Akers more so than Rashad White, I think this Rams offense really should be quite a bit better than that Bucks offense, right? I know the Rams were very bad last year, but they had the Matt Stafford injury for about half the season. Cooper Cup out for about half the season. The Rams, in Sean McVay's first, first five seasons, they were a top 11 offense in total yards all five of those seasons. I think they have a chance to bounce back around that level this season. So if you're getting Akers as you know a pretty clear lead back in that level of offense, I think you know he's someone that could easily break into the top 20 fantasy running backs, maybe even higher this season. And they were so bad last year that they have to be better this year. They don't have to get all the way back to there to be better. Um, I think Cam Akers is a good example of how much smarter drafters have gotten and maybe too smart at some point. Like you could see a guy finish like that and then be going RB12 this time of year, not that long ago. And at that point, I'd be like, ah, wait a second, I'm going to pump the brakes. But he's in the 20s. It's a, That's a why not range for sure. So I haven't been as much on Cam Akers as Jared has, but it's tough to make the argument against taking some shots on him. We actually just finished loading our in-depth player profiles on DraftSharks.com. And Jared went even deeper on Cam Akers than we did on most players there. So search Cam Akers on DraftSharks.com to read all about his run to this point, as well as his 2023 outlook. It's all there. The breakout player is one of our marquee articles on DraftSharks.com every summer, and it has been since before I was on staff here. Will it be one of these guys that gets that spot this year? Will it be somebody we have not talked about yet? If you're a DS insider, you'll be ready when that article drops. You'll be able to read all of the stuff that we'll be putting out between now and the start of the regular season trying to help you win. You will also be able to take advantage of the draft war room, and that will help you find even more of these breakout types of players that are so important to every fantasy season. The war room takes our ceiling projections and it applies them to upside mode, which halfway through your draft automatically clicks on 
automatically gives you the highest ceiling picks at every turn through the end of your draft. We want to help you find those breakouts. We want to help you win this year. Come along.